You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 139 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. Uh, got a good show for everybody this week. Good conversation with Joe Harvey later in the episode. But before we get to that, we're going to start the episode off with the breakdown. And the breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. So starting off with the American Raptors in the breakdown. Improved to 4-1 and one on the spring with a narrow victory over the Denver Barbarians last Saturday. Jumped out to a 15-point lead at the half, but the Barbos whittled that down to a one-point lead with just a few minutes to play. And then Jacob Gepner put the game on ice with the try at the horn uh, on a pass from Samu Smith. Uh, so they have this weekend off before they return home to Infinity Park on Saturday, May 7th, for a rematch with Seattle Rugby Club. That was a late switch, if you remember. It was supposed to be Chicago Area Rugby Football Union, um, but it sounds like they couldn't make it, so Seattle uh, is coming back out here. If you remember last year, uh, the match against Seattle at the stadium was not a close one, um, but when they played a couple of weeks ago, it was significantly closer. Looking forward to seeing that. It's going to be fun to get back into the stadium. That always is a good signal of spring when you can watch rugby at Infinity Park. Um, that match is going to be free to the public, so if you're interested, come on down. All you got to do is show up, just walk in the gate, no ticket or anything. You just show up and enjoy some free rugby. It should be a nice afternoon. I'm excited for it. If you're there, make sure to say, you know, send me a message on Twitter or something. I'll come say hello. It's going to be a good day. So uh, another piece of Raptor news I wanted to touch on before we move a little bit further into the breakdown. That's Major League Rugby vet uh, J.P. Aguirre signed to the Dallas Jackals after spending two months with the American Raptors. J.P. was on the team you know, from February. I think he just left on uh, Monday, so closer to three months, I guess. I know J.P. worked hard while he was here. It's good to see him get this opportunity because he's a guy that belongs in the MLR. And I'm glad something worked out for him and a spot opened up. And hopefully he can get down to Dallas and help them win a couple of matches before the season's all said and done. Uh, we'll be rooting for him and, and cheering him on with the rest of the Raptors that are on the Dallas Jackals. So congrats to JP. Wishing him nothing but the best of luck as he moves forward. And that kind of does it for the American Raptors updates. That's all I really have. Uh, I guess I could add, too, there's a, quite a few new guys, new signings that have showed up in the last week or so. Uh, looking forward to getting to know those guys, and I will inform everybody of you know, what their story is when I learn it here in a couple of weeks. So uh, we'll go ahead and move into the USA Rugby portion of the breakdown. The men's Eagles will take on the French Barbarians in Houston on July 1st at Aviva Stadium. The USA Rugby announced yesterday. That'll be a warm-up match before take on Chile at Infinity Park, the World Cup qualifier the next weekend. So... Um, hopefully they get tuned up and, and they win that match against Chile uh, and they make the World Cup. Last little bit of USA Rugby news I wanted to talk about before we move into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Uh, the women's Eagle Sevens alum, Jessica Watkins, is in space right now, which is pretty cool. She's become the first black woman to compete, com excuse me, a complete a long-term mission 
aboard the International Space Station, and she's a rugby player, which is really cool. Uh, I would love to, to get an interview with Jessica and just talk about space. I'm going to try to lock that down when she gets back to Earth, and we'll see what happens with that. So congrats to Jessica. That's really awesome. You know, um, you know, not only being the first African-American woman to, to complete a long-term mission aboard the International Space Station, but to be a rugby player also. So congrats to her. Wishing her safe travels to and from space and a safe mission, of course. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move into all the rugby you can watch this weekend now. All the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase all the products you need to help you prepare to win. So Major League Rugby Round 13 is upon us. It's crazy how fast the season's going. May 1st is on Sunday. But on Saturday, we quite possibly have the game of the year thus far. We have the L.A. Giltinis at Rugby ATL on Saturday at 1 p.m. That's going to be a big game. Measuring stick for both teams. See where they're at at this point of the season. As they get closer to playoffs, I'm excited about that one. We have the Utah Warriors at the New England Free Jacks on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Utah's having a bit of a down year, and New England is steamrolling people right now. So uh, it be interesting to see how that goes. We have the San Diego Legion at the Dallas Jackals. San Diego's vying for a playoff spot, and Dallas is still hunting for their first win. So we talk about Joe in a little bit. That one's on Saturday at 6 p.m. Then we have NOLA Gold at Rugby New York. Uh, both NOLA and Rugby New York in the hunt for that playoff spot in the East. Uh, Rugby New York's put themselves in a little bit better of a position, but you know, NOLA's still alive, and they're going to try to make a push towards the end of the season. And last but not least, we have the Seattle Seawolves at the Austin Gill Gronies. This will be another playoff match. Austin's in the driver's seat in the West. Seattle's vying for that third playoff spot. So, again, this will be a good measuring stick to see where Seattle's at. Um, and we'll see if Austin can can fend off a hungry and kind of desperate Seattle team. That's on Sunday at 5 p.m. All those matches are on the Rugby Network, so free to tune in. Make sure you do that. We've got a full slate of Premiership Rugby on Peacock. Not going to read through all those matches. We're going to try something a little bit different this week. Uh, we have the HSBC Langford 7, so we have the USA Women is back in action in Langford. Their first match will be against Fiji on Saturday at 10.30 a.m., uh, then they take on New Zealand on Saturday at 1.34 p.m. And then they'll finish up with England on Saturday at 5 p.m. before the knockouts, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, rounds, stages, either or. I almost said stowns, which isn't a word. Uh, those get going on Sunday. You can catch that whole tournament on Peacock. Again, we got Super Rugby in action Friday, Saturday, uh, and into Sunday morning. Catch all of those matches on Flow Rugby, Women's Nations Round 5. Again, you can catch that one on Flow Rugby as well. And then we have a, a decent amount of college rugby you can catch this weekend. we got the D1A Men's National Championship, Army versus St. Mary's on Saturday at 5 p.m. The CRAA Division I Women's Spring Championship, uh, BYU versus Virginia Tech on Saturday at 1 p.m. And then the D2 Women's Spring Championship on Saturday at 11 a.m., can catch all of those on Peacock. I forgot that I wrote those backwards. My bad. Should have should have went D2 Women's Spring Championship to D1A Men's National Championship. Um, but you can catch all those on the Rugby Network as well for free. Again, mix that into your, your MLR viewing. I think that about does it uh, for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. I think there's more. If I missed it, I'm sorry. We'll go ahead and move into the interview portion of the show. So this interview with rugby journalist Joe Harvey is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. Always good to chat with my man Joe. Uh, we talked about all things MLR, what he's been surprised by this season, You know, a couple of players that have impressed him, and why he's no longer a New York Jets fan, uh, which isn't, isn't hard to, I guess, understand or realize because the Jets stink. And he, he has no allegiance to him. So, um, like I said, always good to catch up with my man, Joe Harvey. Uh, he's the hardest working man in show business. He's If you look anywhere in the rugby sector, you can find work by him. Uh, you know, the Rugby Network, Major League Rugby, Talking Rugby Union. He's all over the place, works hard. Um, and, it, like I said, always good to catch up with him. So, 
that introduction. Hopefully you enjoy my conversation with rugby journalist Joe Harvey. All right, now welcome back onto the show. I think for the third time, Joe. Uh, freelance sports journalist Joe Harvey does a lot of work for Major League Rugby, the Rugby Network, Talking Rugby Union. I know I'm missing a couple things, Joe, so feel free to jump in if you'd like. But uh, pumped to have you back on, man. Like I said, uh, when I messaged you the other day, I just asked if, if you're ready for your yearly appearance on the podcast. You said yes, so here we are. So thanks for coming on, Joe. Well, do you know what? I mean, in contrast to a lot of the work when we're chasing people, trying to get interviews, sort of trying to work out when deadlines are, it's good to know that this one's in the calendar as the once a year kind of thing. It's yeah. in the week. It's in there now. So, do you know, what? it's nice to have a bit of kind of planning behind some things, isn't it? I agree. I think the first time I had you on, that was like in the midst of COVID, like we were locked down. So it had to be around this time, 2020 last year, I had you on a little bit closer to some MLR playoff stuff. Um, but hey, it worked out. I'm happy to have you on, Joe. Thanks for joining me, man. So first question I got, just how's it going, man? What, what have you been up to? Um, I'm curious, you know, I guess lead into the second question. I'm curious as to what a typical weekend looks like for you uh, at this point in the season, you probably have your routine down, but I can I can imagine it's not for the faint of heart, right? You're seven hours ahead of me here in Mountain Time in Denver, so I, I imagine that makes for some late nights and early mornings for you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm kind of not. So basically, uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, I work out in England, so like I'm contending with time differences basically every day of the week. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. I, I do, you know, I'm over here doing games at the weekends and also like getting the rugby network on my phone on the way home. Um, I'm not driving, just for anyone that wonders. <laughs> I, I'm I'm on public transport when I'm doing that. Yeah, um, I've, seen, I've seen you taking the trains. <laughs> I'm on the train. Uh, yeah, no responsible, no, no, no texting, driving, no talking on the phone and driving. I have done an interview, I will say, Joe. I, uh, I interviewed Ben Pinkelman in 2016, right before he got selected for the Olympics. And I called him, and he didn't he didn't answer. And he called me back as I was driving home from work. So I did that interview on the phone in my, like, stick shift 1996 Audi A4. I didn't have a recorder. I was trying to take notes, talk on the phone, drive my stick shift through downtown Denver. And I, I got enough of it transcribed that it made it. He didn't come back and be like, that's not what I said. So I did a good enough job. I was proud of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of. Well, still, the dri the driving's not much of a thing. I think, I, well, the, hang on, what I usually say is I can drive, but, I mean, legally I'm not allowed to, which obviously sounds like I've done something horrific, <laughs> but that's, that, I just simply haven't got around to passing the test. Oh. Um, I've, I've been able to I've been able to drive for a really long time. I grew up on a farm, so like, I've, I've kind of, I've just not done <laughs> Yeah, you know how. Done it. You just, yeah, you just <laughs> got to go through the formalities. Yeah, exactly, exactly, because otherwise I'm in a lot of trouble. I'm never going to be able to. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, no, like, I think... You know, I'm over here, so like usually at a weekend, I'll say to myself, or I'll either say to myself, well, I'll do a game for Talking Rugby Union, who've been my longest-term employers. Uh, so I'll either say like, I'll do a game for them, and I'll go to a Premiership game or a Championship game, uh, or a National One or a National Two game, and I'll, and I'll go to a game and I'll, I'll cover it for them and do like 800 words and then put it online. Uh, whereas more recently, I've been I've been employed by um, the Sunday Times over here and and a couple of other people to do things for them at the weekends. So it's quite, it's quite diverse at this point. Um, but then, yeah, like at the end of the day, I, I have to pay attention to all the MLR games because if I don't pay attention to the MLR games, I'm completely out of the loop very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I usually try and catch the early game on like a Saturday or well, Saturday or a Sunday, depending on you know, what's going on um, because the schedule just change. Um, so yeah, usually I'll try and catch one or two of the games. I think this week I'll be, I'll be watching uh, the Atlanta LA game because mm -hmm. uh, that's an eight o'clock kickoff, and I'm actually touch wood before in case in case someone emails me all of a sudden. Um, I, I shouldn't be going to any Premiership games over here. I'm going to take a couple of weekends off because I've been burning the candle yeah. quite brightly at two ends. Two ends so yeah, uh, that'll get you, man. So I was going to ask, when do you sleep? Like, what's the, what do you go to bed? <laughs> well, usually, well, three in the morning, four yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, the again, I'm getting on a bit. Twenty twenty four this year, so I've had to, you know, the the late nights have slowly stopped. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the latest this year has been like five, um, which was not an enjoyable next day no. afterwards. If I do that though, I do try and make sure it's like Saturday through to a Sunday because, mm -hmm. like, otherwise life is truly miserable. Um, you know, but and then also, I mean, 
I'll tell you what's a bit of a get out of jail free card though is that the game melts like literally the two minute highlights and you kind of see yeah you you don't necessarily like see major incidents or anything like that but you get a good enough idea then you go on social see if anything comes up right no that's Um, the move and you gotta like that's not even being irresponsible that's that's being responsible right like you just can't sometimes you just can't watch every single game a weekend so I, i totally know what you're you're getting at there yeah well i mean like the other side of it is like I have commitments on either side of the pond, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like, so like if I'm, if I, if I'm too invested in MLR over here, then the work over here will suffer. And if I'm too invested in the work over here in England, well, the UK and Europe, um, then the work over there will suffer. So it's kind of, you've got to kind of find this balance. And like, if you just say to yourself one weekend, I just need to watch the game melts and, and just literally chill and, you know, just do that knock out on an hour on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever, then you just got to do that. It's, yeah it's hard like and as i say 23 like you know it, <laughs> you've got you know at, at my age i think it's quite a natural thing and i was speaking to someone about this the other day um well it's my mlr interview for this week so i might as well say who it is i was speaking to martin isfo about this because like we were talking a bit about his 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 new parenthood which he's enjoying yeah. at the moment um and we and he was literally saying to me he was like dude you're 23 just just chill out and enjoy things as much as you can because otherwise you know, you're going to get a bit over your head sort of thing, yeah. which obviously was nice nice to hear at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> It'll go quick. Yeah. I'm turning 28 here in a couple of weeks, so I, it goes a little, it goes quick. Uh, so, Joe, let me, give me, you know, give me some thoughts. Have you enjoyed the MLR season thus far? Uh, and is there a couple of players that you've been impressed with so far this year? Oh, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been difficult not to enjoy it because especially after with what happened last season with LA being, LA, uh, you know, and and literally at times sprinting towards the shield. Um, It it was difficult not to be excited for this year, not purely for the perspective that LA were back and they they brought back Gitz, even though he's not played a game yet at this stage. And, you know, you saw a few more bigger names coming over. It was actually more from the perspective that you knew that whatever happened with the Giltinis in 2021 was going to mean that everyone in 2022 was going to up their game massively. Yeah. Um, Which... I think we've seen with Austin in particular, I think they've taken a step up. I mean, maybe you can turn around and suggest maybe they've had similar, you know, kind of resources made available to them because obviously they are a sister club of the Guiltinis. Um, but I'm not, a, I'm not a big finance guy. Um, I, yeah. I sometimes, uh, well, I've, I've got to do my taxes and I got a nice <laughs> letter about that the other day. Yeah. Um, so that was quite an enjoyable moment thinking, Oh God, I need to look at that Excel spreadsheet where everything's kept. Um, so, like, you know, Austin, they've really taken that into account. You probably have to suggest that um, New England have to an extent. I think they've obviously got a new coaching group there and obviously they're, they're doing pretty well also. Uh, new York definitely did. Uh, I know that who I mean, Utah shifted to a daytime model. So instead of training at the nights, they were training. They started training during the, uh, during the day. Uh, and Seattle as well, they kind of went properly full-time as well. I think every team is actually now full-time uh, to my the best of my knowledge anyway um i'm probably forgetting something as i i'm prone to doing on a thursday at whatever time it is at this yeah. point i'm sat outside though so it could be a lot worse yeah um, it's nice <laughs> it's all right uh <laughs> it was it was one of those i was just like uh, not really been outside today probably should get some fresh air yeah. but um yeah so i mean in terms of players that i've been impressed with that's a really good question i think i was i was generally intrigued about what Christian Dyer would do on a 15s field full time um, because he kind of he did well with the Eagles last summer so I was, I was generally quite excited about him uh, and he, he's kind of lived up to most of those expectations Connor Mooneyham obviously as well staying in Texas whilst we're there um, he, he's kind of impressed me considering he had such a kind of stop start 20, 2021 um, staying with Austin again Cam Dodson like you know a guy from literally down the road from where I live yeah. Um, and he's, he, you know, he's turning out week in, week out. I know uh, when I had a conversation with him, when I literally saw him at a pub across the road from where I live, we literally had a conversation. He was talking about eligibility. Um, so he's obviously keen to play for the US also. Yeah. Um, Connor Buckley at Rugby New York has impressed me massively with how he's come on at Scrum Half. I think maybe having Andy Ellis there as a mentor is probably going to help there. Uh, <laughs> just, it's, yeah, it's difficult because, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of so many names at the minute. Um, LaRue Milan at New England. I mean, 
what an unbelievably talent, talented rugby player that New England have kind of been able to to, to find, literally playing college rugby in South Africa. Um, and I reckon he's going to probably play for Namibia in this, yeah. you know, this summer. Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, there's so many. I think it's difficult with some teams as well because I think, you know, we've seen actually this year, comparison to last year and maybe the year before, we've actually seen a lot more injuries, which, yeah. you know, like I think if you look at Toronto, I mean, they've, they've been decimated by injuries. And I think, that, I mean, arguably, they're probably possibly a bit more thankful it happened this year rather than last year when they were, you know, living out of a hotel yeah. in Georgia because there could have been some interesting call-ups from the local area there otherwise. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been a really good year. I'm trying to think if anyone's like been properly lights out. I think like it's difficult not to look at those top teams. Like Marco Keith, who's stepped up in a huge way at Austin. Like, you know, for a guy that literally got, you know, released by New York and then was really good for ATL and then didn't get offered a new contract and all those sorts of things, you know, to, to see him go there and do well is pretty great. Um, yeah. There's so many. I could go on for a little while, as you as you might be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. I thought you had some good answers in there, um, and that kind of leads into the next question: Is there has been has there been like a some a couple teams that, I guess, what's been the biggest surprise? Like, what it could be good or bad. So, is there like a positive surprise that you've kind of observed, and then, you know, maybe a team that was surprisingly didn't live up to you know some of the preseason expectations for any number of reasons. Well, I think. First and foremost, you kind of have to look at Utah. Mm-hmm. Like 2021, tw- arguably they're having the season that everyone thought they were going to have in 2021 in 2022. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's the best way of looking at it or not, but I mean it kind of feels that way to me. It feels like last year was so positive, and then they moved into this year and just kind of brought in a lot of the same kind of players, mm-hmm. like, and then tried to put them all on the same team. Which, yeah. on paper, could work, but the thing is, there's, they want to obviously play everyone in every game and all those sorts of yeah. things, and it's it's a challenge. And obviously, they have had that shift in kind of what they want to do on a day to day basis, which is possibly why we saw like Matt Jensen uh, retire at the end of last year, and you know, like he was he was an absolute massive leader for them from literally year one of MLR. Um, so I think that's possibly you know something that's happened yeah. there. I think um, one of the things with Utah. It's like you said, they have pl- they have plenty of good players. They have good players, you know, all over the roster. Um, but just kind of looking, like comparing, you know, their 2021 season to 2022. In 2021, I mean, obviously they were dubbed the, the you know, the cardiac kids, the comeback kids. And it just, you know, just as easily as some of those close games go their way, like they can go the other way, right? You can end up on the wrong side of those those results. And that seems to kind of be – you know, what's happening this year, right? Like some of those close ones you might have won last year, whether it just be the bounce of the ball, as they say in, in rugby quite often, or, you know, any other reason. You know, if you just don't get some of those breaks, you could very easily wind up having the season they're having too. So maybe, you know, like you said, there has been some changes within the organization, obviously. Um, you know, coach departures and, uh, like you said, changing a, a practice times and whatnot. Um, but I think – it could be something as simple as boiling it down to, you know, you don't get some of those breaks and, and you wind up on the wrong side of a couple of those results and you wind you, you find yourself looking up, you know, out of a hole. Yeah. Like in terms of positive, like kind of teams, it's quite difficult to really think of many because it kind of felt like with like with Austin, for example, staying in the Western conference now, it kind of felt like with Austin, they were kind of on the upwards trajectory anyway. Um, so you can't really turn around and go, Oh, what an absolute shock! They're topping it with, you know, just a few games left to go. Um, in the east, uh, in the east, it's kind of feels like with it because obviously the way that the, the, it all works, you know, teams, some teams now will get a home straight stretch of games. Mm-hmm. So like, even in the case of Toronto, who are like kind of teetering on the edge, teetering on the edge of being in the playoffs, like they've got I think five out of their next six games are at home or four out of the next five or something bonkers like that. So you're there like, yeah, you know, they're struggling. They've got a lot of injuries and all that sort of thing. But then you look at it and it's like, well, literally five games on the bounce. They're just going to be so completely at ease and there's got not going to be many changes in the schedule. They're not going to be worried about, you know, getting on a flight and they've yeah. been stuck in Sleeping Miami in for seven hours. in bed, you know, <laughs> not having to deal with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, they're probably not actually thinking, Do you know what, it doesn't matter about the injuries because we're all going to be at home. We're going to be really settled by that point. 
so it doesn't really matter so in terms of positives like even, i mean even, even new england to an extent they you know you kind of expected that because they have a strong base of players that have been there since year one and then also uh, i suppose a new coach actually isn't always a bad thing it's usually generally quite a good thing um you do worry though with the short pre-season actually how much of it goes in the ears and stays in there um so that was a bit of a surprise new york again you were kind of expecting it especially with some of the additions they made and obviously now they've brought in back in Nick Cabetta and you know the, I mean I'm one Saki Naholo um you know not you know as mid-season additions go it could be worse um so you know in terms of really positive yeah I think maybe one of the biggest kind of not disappointments but kind of not even it, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a surprise I said they were going to struggle this year and I, I did get some interesting comments about this. Um, but, you know, I said, oh, Glory, we're probably going to have a dis- difficult year given the amount of plays that they had leave. And, you know, I don't know if that yeah, has right. led to their recent form. Obviously, they won two in the bounce now. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Coach Douglas made the decision to step away partway through the season. And, uh, you know, I remember at the start of the season, he said we didn't focus on culture. And and I don't know what's gone on. You know, in the meantime, I'm, I'm talking to one of the guys uh, next week, I want to say, is it? It's Thursday, right? It's Thursday, yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'd be next week. Now, I was just thinking to myself, is it Monday? I, I don't know what was yeah. going. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I might ask the question. Um, it probably will come up because it, it feels like a bit of a storyline, especially now they've won two games in the trot. So um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So like, it's difficult to gauge. But if I had, to, you know. It's, it's sort of one of those. If I had to say what my biggest surprise was, it would be Utah not contending again to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially after, you know, so like we talked about, such a successful season. You know, even in that Western Conference final, they weren't never, you know, completely out of it. They're competitive. Um, and to see him take a step back has been disappointing, I'm sure, for every Warriors fan around. You just talked a little bit about Old Glory DC. Um, and I had that Dallas Old Glory match circled on my calendar for the last couple of weeks. Because I, to be quite honest, I think that was Dallas's one last chance at, at winning a match. Obviously, you have a couple more on the schedule. Um, and and I, I've been, you know, forthright. I've been very, you know, open about I'm, – I'm rooting for the Jackals this year. I want the Jackals yeah. to do good. Obviously, a lot of American Raptors on the Jackals, the guys that I, you know, talk to a little bit. Um, and I want the best for them. But I just don't. I just don't know if they're going to pull one out this year. I think they might be the second team in the competition, you know, to go winless in a season. I uh, just kind of wondered what your thoughts on that were, Joe. I think if the off-field incident hadn't have happened, they would have won a game by now. Certainly, yeah. And you could tell – you could even look early on, you know, pre pre that incident. Um, and they're playing – you know, they played a couple close matches early on in the season, and if one of those goes your way, maybe they get hot, they build some confidence, they build some momentum – but it's just been, you know, one thing after another. It kind of reminds me of uh, New Orleans. I think in the inaugural season, like J.P. Oh, yeah. Eloff, I think, had viral meningitis. I didn't even know what that was. I never even heard of that. You're dealing oh, with yeah. these, like, incidents that you could never predict in a million years. Like, Dallas, I'm sure if you had a bingo card, that, you know, a walkway collapsing is not on Dallas's bingo card that they're having to deal with in their inaugural season. Um, so there's a lot of stuff they can't control, and I don't want this to come off as like I'm ripping on Dallas at all. It just seems like there's just it's an uphill battle, and they're running up this mountain with a parachute on their back. Like it's just not getting easier for them, um, and and things snowball. You know, losses snowball, and this bad luck and stuff snowballed. So I really was looking forward to that Old Glory uh, Dallas match because I thought you know that could be one that is a little bit closer than some of the ones they've played, and it just turned out not to be the case at all. Yeah, no, that that was that was hundred percent it. I think, like as I say, that off-field incident took out a few senior players, including like Henry Trinder, for example. Who, you know, the the man has no luck. Like, I mean, I I literally spoke to him before he moved out to the state. So I was, it was like in late November, and he was player coach at Amstel at the time in the English Championship over here, and I said. How come you actually haven't played for Amstel so far this season? He was like, oh yeah, I was playing in pre-season. I just literally like someone's shoulder just broke my jaw like one day. And I was like, oh, okay. And this is a guy that's like broke his jaw once before when he was about to go into an England training camp about 10 years ago. And then on top of that, he's literally just had the worst luck with like every sort of injury you can imagine in that time. So obviously like, on a personal level, I was gutted for him because he, 
he fell and you know he sustained an injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season, as I understand. Um, and like so, just from that perspective, you think about how unlucky he was, and he, on top of that, you think about how unlucky everyone else was yeah. when the team was actually going on this upward trajectory. To I, I, gen, I genuinely think if it wasn't for that, they could pick up two or three wins towards the end of the season, including up against that that old glory game that you just you know you, you you'd had circled in the calendar. Um, and then maybe one or two more towards the end of the season when some teams were thinking more about the playoffs than they were right. kind of what the record what the record looked like at the end of the season. Um, you know, I thought they would have a couple. It's 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 it was an absolute sickener reading that <laughs> you know, reading that press release when it right. came out because no one had really you know, it was actually kept remarkably private, you know, considering yeah. that what happened. I think it's <laughs> like, just no one... like legal stuff at this point, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you just if you if you speak too much about it, you know that could taint the the you know the lawsuits and and that could affect you know the result of how this all turns out. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, just like if you look at the whole thing, right? Like even if you want to go back to last year postponing, so you're you know you're yeah. already a year behind. Like you make the decision you think is best for the organization, then you can't get your coach over here, so you're dealing with that very early on in the season. Yeah. It's just it's just everything. It's one after another, and I think like ultimately it will be it'll make them better in the long run, which kind of stinks because you're getting frustrated and you want to win now. Um, but if you look across sports, just in general, right? Like you have to lose before you win, with very few exceptions. I know we just talked about the Giltini, so that doesn't kind of rings hollow right now. But um, you got to lose before you win in most situations, and. You know, it's tough lessons to learn, but they're getting them out of the way, like on, on the bright side, you know, so they can move forward and, you know, hopefully build off all that, you know, moving into next year and, you know, two, three years down the road. I kind of look at it as, it, as like learning to ride a bike. So, like, you know, you, you kind of, you start off, well, these days, I mean, this wasn't the case possibly when me and you were kids, but you start off with those little things and they don't actually have pedals on. It's just two wheels and then like a seat. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like, toddle along um and that's the start of it and then you get to this and that was literally them getting guys through the doors that was just like oh this is you know this is the jackals guys you know you're gonna play rugby together this season and then you literally go into a game it's like having stabilizers on um and literally just trying to get through and that's kind of what it's like they're still at that stage now especially given that they had to relearn i spoke to ryan bow the other week and i was saying to him like you know how much growth had there been up to the point that you had to restart again, essentially. Like that, there was no other way of asking the question. And he's like, the growth, the growth has been huge. The issue is now we're having to redo it all again and we're doing it mid-season, which is going to be good because everyone, most of the lads have already done it before. But it's going to be bad because there's so much ground to make up for the guys right. that haven't. Um and so that was kind of the main way that I was looking at it. And it, it's just it, it's unfortunate because you know they've got a lot of really good rugby players. <laughs> like yeah. you look at it on, on the face of it. I mean, I think the fact that Sean Clark, for example, has made such an impression. Uh, you know, and he looks like he's actually going to be a star in you know in some respects. Yeah. Um, if he, I mean, I don't know what his plans are with the sevens program stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but he's quick. He's tall. Um, I'm sure you know if he doesn't what if he doesn't play for the Eagles this year, then he'll play PL sevens or something like that yeah. at some point in the near future. Um, I'm sure someone's already called his agent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know there is that perspective to it as well. Um, so you know it, it, it's unfortunate, but they're going to take so much from it going forward. The, the key is at this point working out or you know recruiting guys to either stay from this year they're going to be able to take through a lot of those lessons especially the senior guys um you know it's, it's making sure those guys want to stay and then also working out who you want to bring in to try and enhance that environment and do you really want to bring in that many people at all because you've literally gone through they've probably gone through a lot more players than i could think of and yeah they've yeah. probably gone through more players than most this year for sure um yeah i mean that's just it's tough man and like I said, there's a lot of American Raptors. You just talked about Sean Clark, um, guy I got to know pretty well when he was around these parts. And like you said, he's going to be a star, and he's healthy now, which is good. He was dealing with a banged up shoulder there for quite a while. So um, this is the first time, this is the first season he's really played rugby healthy, um, which wow. is is good to see. And uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward because, like I said, they're they're getting the hard stuff out of the way. I think it was round what two or three where they had. 
Houston on the ropes. Like they only lost. I went through it uh, last week. I think they they had lost. You know, a, it was like a little stretch there towards the beginning, towards the middle of the season, where they lost a couple yeah. matches by you know single digit deficits, and then you know since the walkway incident and all this other stuff, they've just been getting blown out on a regular basis, and it stinks. So. Hopefully, I, hey, I'm hoping. That's why you play the matches, right? There's a, ch- there's always a chance, you know, they string it together here and and find their stride in the last couple of weeks and win a couple of matches because ultimately, that's good for the competition, right? You don't want to have a team, you know, not win a match. They already saw that with Austin Elite, 2019. That's not good. You don't oh, want that. Was that. A, that was a bad year. I know. That was a bad year. I talked to, uh, <laughs> is it Ben Mitchell? I talked to him like every week, like. And it was just tough. It was, oh, I, we're so close. Like, I know you are. <laughs> I, want, I want you to win, too. It's it's brutal, man. So, uh, wishing for the best for them. Um, but let's go ahead and transition into some teams you think will be at the top of the table come the end of the season. So, Joe, could you could you take us through your, your six teams you think will make the playoffs? Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll quickly, very quickly, pull up the tables just to see what they look yeah. like now because um, – classic behavior for me I, I i took a load of screen grabs to use as part of my notes <laughs> and then what was the one thing i didn't take a screen grab of well of oh, course the it was table. the table yeah um okay. you know the, the normal thing right um well i mean and obviously i did do it i did do a piece this week on the rugby network which is talking about are they making I know. it are they i not, read, I read that right before i talked to you well it, it, it's it, you know it was um i described that piece uh Basically, you know when you don't get an interview and you've got to think really quickly about what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Um, I've been there. Yeah, so it was one of those. It was sort of on the back burner, just in case I needed it. And I was like, yeah, bang, six yeah. games to go or six rounds and just get it out of there, see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll start off with the East Conference, I guess, because um, I think it's a lot more cut and dry in terms of what to expect in the in the weeks to come. Um, I think New England and Rugby Hotel will be through, mm-hmm. you know, full stop. That's... For me, foregone conclusion at this point. I think it's very much between Rugby New York and, and the Toronto Arrows to try and secure that last spot. Um, and I'm going to say it now, despite my Canadian roots, I'm going to be opting for Rugby New York for the third yeah. place in the East Conference because, like I said, I think those injuries, and I know I was talking about, you know, home runs towards the end of the season, all that sort of stuff. Um, realistically, I think it's going to be, it's going to be New York. They've got the, you know, the depth is there because they've not been absolutely ravaged by injuries. They've got, yeah. you know, guys with, you know, ridiculous amounts of experience. And by the way, how good would it be to see Sammy Windsor in the playoffs? Yeah, like, I know. It'd be cool to see, <laughs> yeah, see him get a chance to play for something, finally. <laughs> well, he's deserved it for a he long has, time. Yeah. And then, you know, for him, to, I think he's, oh God, I don't want to speak for him now, but he's obviously knocking on the door of 35 at this point. Yeah. And so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be incredibly exciting yeah. to see him he's because as, well, as you and I both, oh, he's he's playing unbelievably well. And, and the thing is, like you know, there was the game, there was a couple of games. There was obviously the one game that Andy had to start at ten, which is quite entertaining. Uh, and then there was obviously the game that I think it's Jack Jack Heighton, Jack Heaton. Um, I can't pronounce names. It's yeah. something I've learned <laughs> as time's gone on. Um, you know, and he started the game. You know, he started, he started a couple of games, and also that kind of showed that they do have the depth to deal with it if he's unavailable and still be successful Mm -hmm. so you know i think with that in mind that they will you know they're probably going to do it because they just have they seem to have that depth and even at scrum half i know i mentioned connor before and and andy they've got connor mcmanus as well on top of that um i think yeah and they've obviously beefed up the forward pack a lot more which actually arguably despite having a lot of really good players last season they didn't really have that depth so like if something was going wrong or they need to kind of shake things up a bit they didn't have the ability to do Whereas this season they do, and they've always had good backs, but then even then adding Ed Fidel and yeah. Andrew Coe and, you know, it, it's not They're bad. Dangerous. <laughs> They're dangerous all over. I got Caleb Geiger yeah. getting some work at Hooker, oh. another, uh, you know, XO American Raptor guy who's a logger and having on the podcast. We're to ask him about logging, but he told me he was, uh, he said logging is way tougher than playing rugby, believe it or not. So after a couple <laughs> months of playing rugby, he went back to, to logging for a little bit and he said that it was, really uh got a hold of them pretty good well yeah i mean the, the thing is like i always think about that i think logging in terms of rugby i never really thought that much on a rugby field when i was playing <laughs> like i never really thought about anything or what i was doing it was just like there is ball go get ball 
and yeah, yeah. hit man hard and that was that was sort of it um and i didn't you know thankfully i didn't think that when i was playing touch rugby but you know it was sort of one of those where i, I never i've never thought when i was playing rugby but then like for example working on the farm at home i'm thinking all the time because i'm just like oh, this goes wrong then that's that limb off uh, if this goes wrong that's that limb off um so yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that quite a lot. I get that quite a lot. But yeah, I do. I do genuinely think New York is going to make it. I think at the start of the season, in a preview, I said ATL weren't with their coaching changes at the start of the season. Um, but what I wasn't accounting for was the amazing continuity that Steve yeah. Brett brought to the program. <laughs> I know. I I kind of slipped my mind too, and it's 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 kind of. I mean, it's easy to look back now. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and be like, oh yeah, well of course they wouldn't really miss much of a beat. They have literally everything else is the same, you know, for the most part. And so it's easy to look back now and think that, but in the moment you're like, Oh, that's a big deal. That's a big loss. And it is a big loss, but it's hasn't affected them on the field as much as I think you, I, and probably everybody else thought too. Yeah. I mean, what we should bring into that is that I, I did actually think that Nola were going to be a lot more in it at this point of the season. I yeah. obviously, I don't know what's, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I know they've had injuries like everyone has, but I, I, I think I thought, I think similarly to to what has happened at ATL, I think the continuity that Kane brought and obviously bringing back in Taylor and then having King Carlos there, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I thought genuinely that was going to add up to them making the playoffs, but I think one maybe of the just things, teething. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought they would be more in the mix than they are right now. Um, one of the things they have going for them, I think, is – They've already proven, right? They'll let they'll give you some time to figure it out. You know, it's yeah. not it's not especially like you look across MLR, and that's one thing I've been kind of surprised to see is that they'll ma- like they'll make necessary changes when it's time. There's no there's not a lot of waiting around. It's okay. You're not winning. You're not producing results. Like you're out of here. And Nola, mm-hmm. on the other hand, like has proven like okay, we'll give you some time to get in and get situated and figure things out. And then you know if it doesn't go well you know, a year or two down the road, then it's time to start looking at a change. But, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe next year it'll be a little bit smoother sailing for them that they have a year under their belt and um, they can really run it the way they want to. Yeah. And it's interesting because they're still bringing through that U.S. talent. Like I think mm-hmm. compared to where he was when he was with San Diego, for example, like Devin Short seems a lot more assured as a, as a starting player. Um, Malcolm May, him playing lock, a bit of a revelation at times this season, like because obviously he's not the tallest of guys, but he's operating in that in that position at a really high level. Uh, Brian Nolt as a as a scrummager, he's a different bloke to who he was when he came out of college. So, you know, and also by the way, Brian is twenty five, which was something that snuck up on me. I didn't even <laughs> realize. So he must have been twenty three, about to turn twenty four when he got drafted. So that, that yeah. shocks me um, because I remember having the goofiest of conversations with him after he got drafted. Um, yeah literally going because obviously i think i did it after the, the broadcast that year i changed it up in 2021 because yeah, uh yeah. well actually to be fair not for any particular reason because i was literally going on holiday so i was just like i need yeah. to do this now otherwise it's not getting <laughs> done um so uh i spoke to him and i was just and i, I was basically copying what, what dan power was talking about and i just went are you bringing the kangaroo with you yeah. um, and all that sort of stuff and it was just not a serious conversation but for you know for the 10 minutes Those i had him work. on the phone before Sometimes. i let him those work that's what you need sometimes so they do they do to be fair um but anyway i mean i suppose if i was looking at eastern um conference obviously a lot more competition i think maybe more so arguably than some are anticipating going into this year me included um so i think again in, in a similar vein austin of making it to the playoffs um i think as again as things stand they are possibly going to be the team to take top spot as well so i think you know they're probably going to get that nice little bye week um extra bye week a third week off in a six-month season it's bliss for those guys um so i think they're going to make it and then obviously la two points ahead of seattle and houston that's sort of where you kind of start wondering could la fall to third could seattle or houston with a good end to the season do something and obviously with seattle playing austin this weekend that's possibly going to be our biggest indicator of where they're going to finish yeah um because san diego's still in it as well and that's the difficult thing because you're like thinking about this san diego team you're like well they're still got joe peterson they've got marnie they've got will hooley who's actually playing like amazing rugby and it's great to see him starting and playing amazing rugby rather than you know 
the, the past where it's been come off the bench for two minutes at fullback, come off the bench for right. five minutes at fly half. Uh, so it's good to see him playing consistently good rugby. Um, so and then obviously they've got a, they've got a great forward pack. Obviously Chris is in there, um, and obviously yeah, you know they've just got a good team. Um, but if I had to, you know, kind of put some money on it, which I'm not accustomed to doing, uh, show me a betting shop, I wouldn't know what was going on. Um, I, I'd have to say LA are going to make it because I, I think, like someone actually asked me the question the other day, they were like, oh, do you think Gitz is going to play a game this season? I was just sort of there like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course he is. Like, you know, of course he is. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have signed RNA I, to, to be back up fly half unless they weren't certain that someone who was already in the building was going to play for them at some point during yeah. this season. Um, so they're only going to get better and it's obviously we're only ever going to get closer to the playoffs. Therefore, he will be in there. So he will yeah. play. He will make them a better team. And also Luke Carty is arguably on the edge of coming back as well. Yeah. Which is something else that, you know, is not really been on many people's radars, maybe. Um, so then, you, then you're literally looking at Seattle, Houston and San Diego. And this is where the headaches start. This is this is why in the PS yesterday I had to say in contention for so many teams. Yeah. Because it was like I, I actually it, it it struggles. I think Seattle have Seattle have the most potential to fall out of it. Yep. I would agree. Um. So there, then you're just looking at Houston and oh no, uh, <laughs> you're looking at Houston and San Diego. So you got to ask yourself. Is the experience of San Diego going to make sure that they get into the top three? And that's the thing that's always going to make you think, yeah, but I'm going to say Houston. Yeah, I think I agree with both your lists. That's what I was going to say. I think in the West, you get the two Gills in Houston and then uh, in the East, um, you know, New England, Rugby ATL and Rugby New York would be my picks as well. So then, Joe, off the top of your head, who do you have, you know, going to the final? If you want to pick it, I'll pick mine. If you don't want to, yeah, no, you you pick your. I, I need right. to. I need to work out game scenario. I think. Um, uh, I think it's going to be L.A. again, and I'll, I'll throw New England in there. I think it's going to be L.A. New England, and I think honestly, I think L.A. wins again. I I think I kind of fell for. They didn't even start bad this year, but it wasn't. They mm-hmm. didn't come out of the got the gate super hot, and. Uh, you know, they slipped up a couple times, and I just kind of put them in the back of my mind like they're not as good. Um, I think I've talked in the past that I kind of thought Austin might be Austin's year, but I think ultimately it's just – I think the Giltinis are going to do it again. Like you said, they're just kind of building up. They just are – they're like lurking, right? They're not They're not like up where they were last year, but they're just staying right steady. They're, they're treading water. And I just think ultimately that's going to hit a point where they just flip a switch and just, you know, march back uh, to their second shield in a row. Yeah. Well, they, they sort of did it in a weird way, way right? Because they, they brought in a few guys who had knocks. Like Tom Mitchell came in with a knock and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of guys in the forwards came in with knocks as well. So it was kind of like they did it in a weird way where they were playing for the back end of the season as opposed to the front end, which was like last year, they literally just were winning and winning and winning. But yeah. obviously, in, in fairness like COVID across the world basically meant that they were literally just doing fitness all the time and if right. they had injuries they could just rehab them yeah like it wasn't really a big issue um, yeah so I can I can really see that and it's a good point of you know thinking about second versus first as opposed to second versus third if, yeah because yeah. obviously the player format's changed which I'm still every now and then when I'm writing something I'm just like I need to remember that because yeah. otherwise it's going to make no sense to anyone um but I mean, I'll tell you what, I'll, 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 it's so tough. It is, it is. Sorry, I know I'm just, I'm just kind of talking out loud here and I'm thinking it through. Yeah, it's so unbelievably I tough. And then, I see the wheels turning in your brain, so it's all right. Work through it. <laughs> yeah. I've really got it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll, I'm actually going to stick with what I said at the start of the season. I think I said this for, oh, who did I say this for? Um, I think I said this for Rugby World at the start of the season um, when I did a, a piece with a, the online edition, which was, I still think it's going to be LA versus New York in the final. Okay. Why Lock not? Lock it in. Yeah. <laughs> coastal, coastal challenger. Joe, uh, give, me, give me a piece you've been excited about that you've you know, written pretty recently. I know you just talked about 
uh, Martin Yusefo. This will be out on Friday, so I'm not sure if your interview will be out on Friday or not. Um, I don't know if that's one you wanted to throw in there, but we do this this piece on this podcast called Required Reading. Uh, I'll include whatever you want me to in there. Okay, well, that's a good point, yeah. So I think the Martin Yusefo piece will be out on the day of recording. That is usually, I mean, that's usually how it works. I'll probably get told in about two hours it's going to yeah, go out yeah. tomorrow. Um well, hopefully I get told. Actually, that's a, you know, a pretty good way of looking at it, isn't it? Um, yeah, required reading. That's an interesting one because obviously it's so much of what I do is situational, so it's quite weird thinking about it in that way. Yeah, but um, there's got to be like an interview or something yeah. that's a little bit better. You think it went a little bit better than some of your other ones, right? It's all, it's, it's, yeah. That's how it works with me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, oh. do you know what? Because I've this is I'm not even like looking for compliments here, but I genuinely think recently like some of them are just like you know when you think you think about everything as a hill and you've got to work out what's kind of on that low end and then what's on that high end. Yeah, and it's like I kind of feel like I'm stuck in the middle ground at the minute. Nothing's taken off in the way that I really thought it was going to recently, so it's quite tough to really gauge it. Um, oh, there's a few because like I've done I mean, as you know, literally it's two or three interviews a week yeah. on MLR. Never mind like what I do over here. Um, I'd say the Martin I's other ones is up there because it's a bit of chat on parenthood, which I find quite entertaining as someone not remotely close to being a parent. <laughs> um, you, you know, there's literally a line in there that he's talking about, you know, the, the being absolutely terrified when he, you know, him and his wife, you know, for the first couple of days they're in hospital, then they walks out the door and it's like, you're by yourself now. Yeah. And that's it. There's <laughs> no guide. There's no, yeah, that's got to be a scary feeling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's rough and I, obviously you know i believe you know i i keep a i keep a list of everything that i do um because i'm uh, a narcissist um <laughs> one of the words that's been used to describe me recently um I, i'd actually say the christian osberg piece that i did for the rugby network a few weeks ago when he was talking about some of the mental health issues that he had in 2021 um that were kind of following him throughout that season and it kind of built into watching inside the scrum as well mm-hmm. um so he he um, was basically told he was staying on the team and the guy just starts crying. And, like, you know, he's this big guy from Round Rock and, you know, you, you kind of just think you know everything from him just from that outward appearance. But in, internally, he'd been struggling throughout the year um, with, you know, just kind of everything that COVID and everything else that had thrown up and him thinking about, I need to make it in my hometown and, and all that sort of thing. It was really, quite, you know, it was quite a, an interesting chat. And I don't know if it was made all the more emotive by the fact that he that I didn't know what to expect going into the call mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't get given a brief literally I, I'm I'm texting their media officer saying um because I've been trying to get well truth be told I might as well be honest truth be told I was trying to get someone else and you know how it is when you get to that point it's like I've got a deadline in 24 hours yeah. like, is, is there anyone else you yeah, can speak to is there anybody, anyone that's yeah yeah and I know Christian I, 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 I've spoken to Christian before when he just got back in the in the states weirdly um so i, I thought i knew what to expect like i thought i knew that like, in my head i very quickly came up with a plan of oh this is the chat i want to do and then literally i i say to him i was like you know i do a couple of like rugby questions and he answers them just like normally and you can always tell when someone's got something else to say and you're yeah. a bit like okay well what's the thing that he wants to say um and i i think i literally went in with as basic a thing as how did 2021 go for you and then he, he told me you know a bit of what happened and then you ask a few more and you get a few more answers which are pretty um you know it was pretty it was a pretty challenging interview it was quite emotional yeah i'll be honest in saying that um and yeah like i'd say that was possibly one to listen to because i think we talk about so much about and even in inside the scrum this we talked about quite a lot we talk about these guys are doing this job for not very much money and they're doing it for the love of the game as opposed to any personal wealth that they'll really get from it yeah. um and don't get me wrong paying taxes you know you get a bit more wealth than most uh anyway so you know he um yeah he was honest about that and it, it kind of brought a different perspective to it you know when we're talking about oh this guy had a rubbish game at the weekend and he you know he did this that and the other and you know we, we it just kind of re-emphasized that fact to me that we don't really know what's going on and right. you know you know and you know there's been an instance this year in France where where a player's you know taking a life and all that sort of thing and 
you know, it re-emphasises that, you know, the, the rugby player and all that sort of things were really one part of it. And obviously, fair play to Christian for talking about some of the off-field stuff that was going on. We, we did, he didn't want to go into all of it, which obviously was understandable, but he yeah. didn't have to. Right. He didn't have to say anything to me. He could have told, I mean, as I generally say to people, he could tell yeah, me to whack off. Been if, like, if it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Thanks for it. Next question, you know. No, that sounds yeah. good, though. That sounds important. I'll be sure that we include that in there so we get some, you know, that's good stuff. Um, Joe, last question I had for I'll let you go. Are you still a, a New York Jets fan? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you switch teams? Um, were, you were a Jets fan, thought, right? I'm not making that up, right? No, no, no. I, I was. Yeah. Um, I was, and it was, and the thing is, I, I kind of stopped being because it was on. It was on a quite ridiculous basis of, oh, I, I caught like a half of when they had a London game. So like I was sat there thinking about it one day, and I was just like, well, I don't really feel anything about this team. Like you know when you like, <laughs> Jet, obviously Jets you feel something feel. about the Broncos. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't feel anything. Like I, I think as as a lot of people, unfortunately, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. Um, they are subjected to. They know I'm a soccer fan, mm-hmm. and like I, I, t- I post a lot about Newcastle United and all that sort of thing because that's where I grew up, and it you know and my dad played the, bit, the biggest blinder of all time in naming it, m- naming me after a former coach because my mum wouldn't know. <laughs> like, um, he's he's played he's played the blinder there to be fair to the man, and you know like, like I've got a lot of investment in that club and like even a, a mate of mine who I work for, um, he um, our teams are playing each other this weekend and he's away on holiday and he's not going to be able to watch the game so I'm just like I'll tell you what happens don't worry yeah, yeah. because I'm I'm fully expecting Newcastle to win. Um, like, but Newcastle make me feel something, and the and the Jets just didn't. Um, so I'm sort of more of a, a passive viewer yeah. in in a sense, and I I love it for the sport, Colton. That that's <laughs> that's the point we've got to. Um, that's okay. You know, a lot a lot more passionate about cricket and most of the yeah. Toronto franchises in right. the other sports. <laughs> right, that's fair for answer. I'm rooting for the uh, for the Raptors right now. I do not. Want to, I would love to see the Sixers blow it. I'm rooting for that. Uh, but I was going to tell you, if the Broncos play the Jaguars, so the Broncos, the Jaguars are playing in London this year in 2022. Yes. And uh, the, the Broncos have an away game at Jacksonville. So this could happen. If that happens, I'm going to London. So I will hit you up. Um, oh. My One of my friends and I, we started a this tradition. We're trying to hit one Broncos away game a year. So last year I was in New York, saw them play the, uh, the Giants. On the, we flew out September 11th, so it was like very cool, like 20th anniversary. Yeah. You know, it was like we went to the memorial and everything, and then we got to see them play the Giants the next day. So that was really wow. cool. But I, we've already decided if they're playing in in London, we're going. So I'll, I'll be sure to hit you up. I think we should find out here in a couple of weeks with the draft tonight. Only a couple more weeks until we figure out the schedule. So I will be hitting you up yeah. if that happens, Joe. Um, We'll we have to link up for a, a beer or something, man. I know, I know a lot of bars. Like I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> about them all now. I'm, yeah, that's generally. I mean, you asked the question at the start. Well, you know, kind of what do I do at the weekends? If I'm not working, that's where I'm. I'm at the bars. Yeah, I'm paying six pounds for a pint in London. That's always enjoyable. Um, <laughs> that I was, I was at a couple. Of, I, I was at a couple less. That, that means nothing to me. Is that expensive? Uh, it's about. Twelve or thirteen dollars oh, for just like goodness. a pint. Yes, that's way too much money. That's like, that's like you're at a game money. I went to a, yeah. I went to Red Rocks last night. That's what I paid for a drink. Thirteen bucks. That's insane. Yeah, it's um, it's ridiculous. And I was literally at. <laughs> this sounds so weird. Um, but I was literally at a writers' club dinner. So like, if you're a rugby writer and you earn mostly money from it, you get invited to this club thing. Um, and I was at the lunch last week, and literally we because the amount of money we paid for the, this dinner, by the way. <laughs> like extortionate um and but part of it was we got free drinks yeah. so like we got free drinks the entire night i mean although some people somehow still managed to find a bar where they had to pay which still i'm still a bit confused about because it yeah. was all free um so and then like we leave this well it's i imagine it's what it's like going to las vegas because like we get to the hotel <laughs> and then you go and under the underground okay <laughs> and then you're in this exhibition center and i so we got there at midday and I left there at half past five, and oh it was like goodness. the blink of an eye. Yeah, <laughs> did you could you see like the sun? Was there windows? Could you tell like how? Yeah, no. yeah, that is Vegas. It was weird. There's no windows yeah, in the so... casinos. You there's no clocks. 
you just do you get in there you get into whatever you're getting into and then you finally like get your wits about you check the timer walk outside and it's the next day or something like that That, yeah you have it you have it down pat yeah exactly and then we walked up to this pub um which was like around the corner that had been bucked for us but like it was literally we were like two hours late so (laughs) like they'd gone the times up we could just let anyone in now so it was quite a weird atmosphere at the end but we walked to this pub and literally we had to start paying for our own drinks and i was like about to have a heart attack because i was just like oh my god i mean i I hadn't prepared to spend money today yeah um because it was still a good time i was i was i mean even though i'd booked into a hotel earlier i was still thinking i could go home you know yeah (laughs) um Again, um, yeah, sleep yeah, in that, your own bed, that's a good, yeah, that's a tough choice to make. I keep yeah, it rolling exactly. or do I make the trek home? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was expensive beers, but I know a lot of pubs. I know a lot of pubs, thankfully. <laughs> um, and we can talk about how Russell Wilson's season's going. Oh, we man. can talk about, mate, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait. You're getting me excited, <laughs> man. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully that happens because that's one we're we're going to do for sure. So, Joe, thanks so much, man. Great stuff, as always. I look forward to reading your work, and thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with rugby journalist Joe Harvey. Big shout-out to Joe for carving out some time of his busy schedule to chat with me um, and working around that seven-hour time difference that we mentioned. It was uh, about dinner time for him when we chatted. So, uh, big shout-out to Joe. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that. We'll go ahead and move into required reading portion of the show now, which is brought to you by Gilbert. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert rugby gear. Required reading should not be a surprise if you listen to that interview with Joe Harvey. Uh, the, the piece we're going to be looking at this week is called Christian Osberg, Changing Perspective After a Challenging 2021. So this is the piece that Joe was talking about at the end of the interview. Read it. Tell them what you think about it. I think it's a really good piece, and I think it's an important piece as well. You know, it's dealing with men's mental health and feelings and all that good stuff, that stuff that's hard to talk about, um, but it's necessary. And like Joe said, these rugby is just a, it's a big part of their life, but it's a small part of who they are. You know, at the end of the day, they're people. They have their own problems that we don't know. So it's like he said before, you you really go in on somebody for not doing a, a good job or messing up a play or something, just know that there's a lot going on behind the scenes um, and it's always more that meets the eye. And um, I think it's a good you know lesson and a reminder that it, you, know, you need to speak up if something's bothering you. There's always people that are willing to listen. It's people you don't expect, um, but your problems are important. And so if you're feeling down or whatever, make sure you reach out. You can always reach out to me. I'm happy to to talk you through stuff if I can, and you know we I'm dealing with stuff too, you know. So um, it's an important lesson to learn, and it's a good piece by Joe, important piece. So make sure you read that. Um, tell him what you think about it. Good moving to the stat of the week. The stat of the week is brought to you by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros more information, visit catapultsports.com. So I'm um, recording this on draft day. First round of the NFL draft is set to take place in three hours. So uh, with the NFL draft starting tonight, I thought we'd use an NFL draft stat for our stat of the week. So only 1.2% of college football players get drafted into the NFL. That's alarmingly low. But, I mean, it makes sense. There's only so many jobs. There's so many positions on a football team. Um, and that means only so many people can get drafted. So it kind of plays into the idea. The reason I selected that stat is because it plays into the idea behind the American Raptors, right? Those guys, um, elite athletes in this country, very good college football players. Um, and that's the tough thing about the NFL is because you can be a very good college football player on a very good college football team, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're NFL material. There's not, you know, to, to make it in the NFL, you got to be one of the best players, right? The best players on your college football team, um, so those very good players often don't get to play sports anymore, um, and that that's where rugby can come in and, and be an avenue for these guys to keep playing sports, keep being competitive, you know, to keep working towards a goal that's bigger than themselves and, um, you know, maybe one day wind up on the, the U.S. national team competing with the Eagles. So um, if you're listening to this and you didn't get drafted, I know we probably have a lot of people, you know, draft-quality athletes that could have been drafted but didn't. Come play rugby. The American Raptors have a spot for you. Um, that's, you know, that's why I picked it. That's kind of the idea behind the American Raptors and something to consider when you're watching the draft this weekend. 
go ahead and close the show with the loop. First Bank is the official. Uh, the loop is brought to you by First Bank, in case you didn't notice. Um, and First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing the best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Follow along with everything we've got going on here at DNVR Rugby on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Um, things will obviously start getting ramped up with the American Raptors as, you know, they get into more home matches and they start playing in front of people that more and there's accessible streams and stuff. So that just obviously changes the cover. Almost made it through a whole podcast without my email going off. Sorry about that. Um, but that changes, you know, the, the whole shape of everything. Um, and looking forward to seeing them back in action in person, actually. So uh, the best way to keep up with everything, like I said, follow along on Twitter. Um, if you like the show, first time listening, please subscribe. Uh, leave a five-star review if you feel so generous. That helps me out. Um, and if you don't like it, don't don't leave me a bad review, please. That would hurt, uh, but I would get over it. So uh, that does it for the show, though. So thank you, to everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Catch you all back here next week.